So um, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tapua. Uh -huh. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Okay, now watch this place. I'm still presenting to you in all humility that God alone is not enough. Because I've heard a lot of statements say God alone is enough. All I need is Jesus. All I need is God. You, you know, see a lot of people right in their status. Most people when they go to things, they go like, God alone is enough. I don't need you. I need only God. Okay. And then listen to what he says. He says, "What believe in the Lord your God, and you what you will and be established." Able to stand firm. And then believe in what his, his prophets, and you will do what succeed. So, one proof of the fact that you believe in God is the fact that you believe in His man of God sent to you. So you can't say that you believe in God and yet you don't believe in the man of God He has sent to you. So he says that believe in God and you will stand firm, you will be established. So your establishment is with God, but your prosperity is with who? Your man of God. Shout my man of God. My my man man of God. God. So if God alone is enough, he can prosper you himself. But why does he put the duty of your prosperity in the hands of your man of God? God himself can prosper you. Are you here? But why does he put the duty of your prosperity in the mouth or in the hands of your man of God? If he's enough, Bible makes us understand that. And then um, Jesus in the book of Genesis chapter two, he said, "God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and everything. And then whilst he was creating man, he created Adam. He said, that it is not good for man to be alone.' But the thing here is that God was the one creating Adam. He created Adam. He was there. He saw that Adam was good. But again, he said that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. Yet God was with Adam." Are you here? Which means that God alone is not enough. So he gives us a specific man. If God alone is enough, then there is no need for you to even write exams. There is no even need for you to even work because you eat God. <laughs> we say God is everything, right? I am. Yeah. And then if he's everything, including food too, right? Go and eat him, don't go and buy food. Are we here? I'm just trying to make you understand that as much as you see God is enough yes it is with a big yes and again it is with a, a, a small no are you here so I'm just trying to make you understand that in every sphere of your life you will need a man a man that God has sent to you not every man not a, not you don't need people you need a man just one man hallelujah amen. Amen. amen now as God sends you this man you have to also understand that this man is not for everyone he is my man of God. He is your man of God. He is not everyone's man of God. So not everyone will understand him because he is not sent to everyone. But it is your duty to believe this man of God. Regardless of his shortcoming, regardless of his handicaps. You see, Bible said that Jesus Christ was not able to perform uh, mighty miracles in his town because of the unbelief of his people. So the problem wasn't with Jesus, the problem was with his people. His people could not allow Jesus to work out mighty miracle because his own people did not believe in him. Are you here? But it is going to be a tragedy where mighty miracles, I go outside to minister the word of God and mighty miracles are taking place there. And when I come to my own ministry and I'm working miracles, it doesn't really happen. No, it's not supposed to be so. And that's one of the things I'm trying to work against. No. Whereby you can equally receive the miracles that people outside come to testify of. 
And it has to do with you believing in your man of God. That this is my man of God. He is the prophet of God sent from God for me. He is my prophet. He is my life coach. He is my teacher. He is my pastor. He is my evangelist. He is my apostle. Are you here with me? So when everyone is criticizing this particular man of God, it is not your duty to criticize him because they will not understand. He is not sent to them. He is sent to you. So they will criticize him and not understand why he is doing certain things because he is not for them. But you that he is for, there is a need for you to obey. Now we understand this man God has sent to you might not entirely be perfect as a man. Are you here with me? I'm saying this because God sent Moses to go and um, deliver the Israelite from the hands of the Egyptian and Pharaoh, the king. And Bible said, and Moses was a stammerer. Moses was disabled in speech. Yet God sent a stammerer to go and stand at a king's palace and deliver his people. Imagine how he was talking. Imagine when Moses was talking to Pharaoh and said, Let my people go. Before he would even say that, not, not some five minutes about. Are you with me? So imagine in court how funny it was for Moses to stand before Pharaoh. It is, no wonder it was difficult for Pharaoh to allow the Israelites to go because it looked, it, it looked funny to Pharaoh because Moses was a stammerer. And then he needed to have Aaron to be a backup, a spokesperson. Imagine, no, imagine now that in court you are not Pharaoh, but imagine he is Pharaoh and I am Moses coming before him and I'm a stammerer and I'm talking to you and let my people go. Imagine how funny I will look as a stammerer. No, imagine. Because stammerer is also associated to fear. Stammering sometimes is associated to fear. But God uses such people to deliver people from different situations even our former president president uh, his excellency uh Kufour was a stammerer he even is still but he mastered the, the the craft of not being able to stammer are you here with me and i want us to read the book of Genesis chapter 5 let's do just chapter 3 verse 15 first judges 3 15 judges 3 15 the Israelites got to a place where they were crying for help. They prayed to God for a helper. They prayed to God for a deliverer. And guess what Jesus Christ gave them? Uh-huh. Judges 3.15 uh-huh. But when the people of Israel cried I said, out wait, I said, every word I speak here is a prophetic word to you. So please listen to the word carefully. Alright, so it's a, it's a timely message. Okay, move on. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. So these people were what? They were in pain. For someone to cry out to the Lord, it means they prayed to God. Are you here? But it was a level of pain they went in. It is a situation that they don't know the left from their right. So they cried out to God. Alright, and guess what happened? The Lord again raised up a rescuer. A rescuer, a deliverer. Whose name was what? His name was Ehud, son of Gera. Ehud, Ehud. Ehud, Uh son of Gera. Mm -hmm. A left-handed man of the tribe of... That's the word I want you to underline. He was left-handed. The word left-handed there simply means that he was handicapped in the right hand. He was disabled, stroke actually right hand. Are you here? Will you go check it? Um, Ehud, his abilities and all that. The abilities of Ehud. The reason why the Bible says that he was uh, a left-handed man doesn't mean that left, being a left-handed is a disability. It simply meant in those days, if you are left-handed, it means you are disabled in the right hand. 
Because in those days, everyone is loaded to be um, right-handed sort of. Are you here? That's why even in Ghana, here a car, um, those days, in a car's steering is at the right. But now it cannot be at the right or even at the left. Are you here? Oh, are you here with me? Yes, So this man was handicapped in the right hand and he then automatically became a left-handed man. Imagine, so they prayed to God for a deliverer and imagine God sending them a disabled man. Imagine you are praying to God for, maybe you are going for an athletic race and you need to talk first. But a coach was given to you to take you through this journey and this coach is a disabled guy, he's in a wheelchair and he's telling you what to do, you that you can run. Ah, this is the Yeah. Amen. So, so they, you, you pray to God, you ask God for a deliverer and God gives you a disabled man. So I'm trying to make you understand, this man of God might not entirely be perfect, might not entirely have everything in code that you might need, but to God, to God, this man has everything that he needs him to do for you. Are you here? So in your sight, in your reality, this man doesn't have it all. And he is handicapped in this, this area. But to God, he is all perfect. Because God doesn't see as men see. Are you here with me? So if this man is handicapped in a particular area of his life, he doesn't prevent him from being your man of God. Are we together? Are we together? Are you with me? So God gives you a man for a specific purpose in your life who is aligned to him but he is your man of God he might not entirely be all correct all right all true but he is what your man of God and it's your duty to be calling my man of God he's not everyone's man of God not our man of God my man of God are you here that's why when Jesus Christ asked them everyone who do men say that I am who do they say I am then they began to ask them who do you you as a personality who do you as a person say that I am because it is one thing for a man to be sent to a group of people and it's one thing for you to believe that this man is sent to you also as a person are you here with me so I want us to also move further because as much as this man is being sent to you with a vision from God for your sake this vision Bible calls it the light burden because my burden for you is light and my yoke is easy so this burden that is this man of God has as a vision from God. You have a, you have a responsibility to lighten up this burden. Amen. Amen. You have a responsibility of helping this man of God lighten up this burden. Are you here? So you, your man of God, your man of God, God has sent to you. You as a believer, you as a person, you have a responsibility to help this man of God to lighten up, to bring down this burden, to, 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 to take some of the burden away. It is your responsibility. Now, this burden that this man of God has, it could be spiritual, it could be physical, it could be financial, it could be social, it could even be emotional. But you have a role to play. Bible calls the church the body of Christ. And if we are talking about the body, we have the head, we have the eyes, we have the mouth, we have the ears, we have the hands, we have the legs, right? So each one of you who seated here, or even listening to me right now, has a role to play. Because you can equally be the hand and you have to play your role to to, to lighten up the burden of the man of God. 
because the man of God can't come and dress up the place, then he fixes up the place, then he leads opening prayer, he leads worship, he leads recapping, he leads Bible studies, then he does worship, he does song ministration, and then he does preaching, he does closing prayer, he does benediction, he does announcement, then he goes. Imagine how it's going to be. He's even going to die before his time. So he might he might be sent to look after you, to watch over your soul for a, a, a very long lifespan. But because of the duties he's having, it has become a burden to him. It becomes an emotional burden to him. It becomes a spiritual, physical burden, even financial burden. So then he begins to think too much and he dies before his time. And you see yourself struggling. So it is your responsibility and your duty to make sure you lighten up the burden of your man of God that he will not be thinking too much and then he will not die early. It should be one of your prayer that your man of God will not die early. At least he will not die until he has he has discovered that which is within you. He has unveiled and helped you build up that which is within you. It is your duty. So in this teaching, I'll be classifying or calling um, people or believers who help their man of God lighten up their bedding are sons and daughters of rest. Say, I'm a son and a daughter of rest. One <laughs> of God, they are a son and a daughter of rest. There are two of them. I, I wanted you to choose one because I know we have, we have male and female here, but this guy is a two. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want you to believe yourself friend that you are a daughter of rest you are a son of rest so anytime you hear me mention son of rest daughter of rest understand that they are people who help their man of god lighten up their bedding are you here with me and you must begin to ask yourself which aspect am i am i the head am i the legs am i the hands am i the mouth am i which part of the body i am to this man of god how do i lighten up the, the, the burden of my man of God. How? Begin to ask yourself, even as we are in the service, how do I lighten up the burden of my man of God? And that's one of the reasons why I am very grateful to have someone like Minister Jane in the ministry. Because Mr. Jane is a temple worker, in terms of a temple worker, and he comes here to come and dress up the place and fix the place, the church. I, I bet you, the times I, I used to come here with him, just on the place and pick up the, 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 um, the chairs, the benches, that's up the place and everything. I tell before I go, I get home my waist. Even once you will be complaining of waste. And then nowadays I don't have waste problem anymore because I don't come to do it. He does everything by God's grace. I think we give him a clap for that. Yeah. So, so in this instance, in this instance, I have more time to study the word of God. I have more time to pray. I have more time to spend with God and come and pour out what God has embedded in me for you to be blessed. Even on that, I could be there and I'm thinking, Charlie, is this one okay? Is this one okay? Is this one okay? Whilst I'm praying, no. I'm praying, no. But I'm thinking, set up. I'm really saying, how oh, this is set up? Is everything okay? Has something spot? Has something spot? You get it. But when these people begin to act as sons and daughters of rest, I am at the rest. Listening to God 247 for you. Imagine. Imagine. The messages I will bring to you will not be distorted. I will not say it's, it, it's been affected by my emotions. Or my, you see, sometimes you can see that I'm prophesying and I'm going like, I won't talk plain to you. Let me just end it here. And so sometimes you can, I'm prophesying to you and I'm not giving you too much details. I'm just giving you some things, some specific things to 
and I'll tell you, you don't really need details. No, it's not really that. Sometimes you don't need it, but there's sometimes also a boy bread. So he doesn't want to talk too much. He is tired. Imagine, I'm, I'm tired. You expect me to be standing here every time. No. We are having all night, and by the time I meet, it's amazing from 12 uh, to uh, 2 a.m., sometimes even 1 a.m., to 5 a.m., 3 4 hours. I'm standing 3 4 hours. I'm ministering. Now, pop. And as I'm ministering, I'm not only walking, but the problem is that virtue is going out of me. Energy, power is going out of me. Are you here with me? Yeah. So, as much as these virtues are going out of me, I'm getting tired. But if I have pastors who can even do what I can do, God, I can't see that across my leg. Oh, my sons. Are you with me, somebody? Yeah. So you are supposed to act as a son of rest, as a daughter of rest. It is our responsibility. The book of Exodus chapter 18, the verse 12 to 26. There was a time where Moses was going through a particular time in his life where he had to be counseling the people of the town. He had to be solving the issues of the whole town. Imagine one person solving the whole issue of about 15,000 people. How is he going to be like he was going to die before his time? And his father-in-law came to him. Exodus 18, 12. Exodus 18. Uh, to 26, please. To 26. Yes, please. Move on. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. So Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. Listen to what he did. Brought a burnt offering and sacrificed to God. So so Moses was the priest at the time, and then his in-law came to him to also offer a sacrifice. You see, this is the this is the this is the order. His father-in-law is older than he, Moses. Okay? He's a father-in-law. But he had to respect Moses as the priest of the time. And come and lay before him the burnt offering. Okay, move on. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and joined him. So Aaron was still with Moses. In the sacrificial meal in God's presence. Mm -hmm. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's dispute against each other. So people the people not one person people so the whole town moses is the only one that is doing that particular thing he's counseling the people he's praying for the people he's teaching the people moses okay they waited before him from morning till evening mm -hmm. when moses's father-in-law saw all that moses so was doing. wait wait they waited for moses from morning to what moses was sitting down doing counseling praying for people from morning to evening oh no god 15 Counseling room. Morning to evening. On that on Wednesday. Imagine what Moses' wife will be saying. You don't have time for me. Like you said, time. Okay. Move on, please. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, mm -hmm. he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to do all this alone whilst everyone is standing around? So he, his father-in-law was asking, don't you have sons of rest? Why are you doing all the work alone? Why are you putting all this burden alone? Uh -huh. Moses replied, because the people, the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. Mm -hmm. I inform the people... Morning to evening. You know. yeah. okay. I inform the people of God's decrease and give them his instructions mm -hmm. this is not good mm -hmm. 
Moses's father. So Moses' father in law saying that yes, you are, you are a man of God. You can hear from God and you can um, uh, bring a dichotomy between the bad issue and the good issue. Who is right and who is wrong? But Moses' father said, Moses' father in law said, no, this is not right. Now what did he tell them? What did he tell him, please? You are going to wear yourself out. You are going to wear yourself. You are going to get tired. You are going to die early. And the people too. Probably he was also concerned about his daughter. That Nikunu so you have to give him good advice, uh huh. This job is too heavy and it is too heavy. It is it, the man of God job, it's not an easy job. Oh. Okay, to handle, to handle all by yourself. Uh-huh. Now, listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. Uh-huh. And may God be with you. Uh-huh. You should continue to be the people's representative before God. Continue being the people's representative, continue representing the people, continue being the watcher of their souls. But what next? And bringing their disputes to him. Mm-hmm. Teach them God's decrees mm-hmm. and give them his instructions. Uh-huh. Show them how to conduct their lives. Uh-huh. But select from all the people some capable, honest so, men. He told him, select people. They are capable, not only capable, but they are honest. Men so, who fear God. So they fear God. And hate bribes. They, they, oh my goodness. Also, they, what, they hate what? Bribes. They hate what? When we have political men of God, because of what they can eat from a particular side. No. For me, politically, with all my sons, when they come, I tell them, But it's not because of what I will get. No. Are you with me? So he said, don't take bribe. Men of God, leaders, God's generals, don't take bribe to judge situations. Lawyers, don't take bribe. Judges, don't take bribe. Men of God, do not. Do not let money make you be in favor of someone and not be in favor of the right thing when even a person is wrong. So in short, Moses called 70 of the people whom he saw to be honest, capable, and then God fearing. And Moses poured out his heart unto them. He impacted them. And what Moses could do, this 70 people could equally do. So at that particular moment, these 70 people have become sons of rest to Moses. So in this, in this ministry, we have the pastors here as sons and daughters of rest. We equally have the God's generals, the leaders, who are sons of rest. But you calling yourself a member, are you a son of rest? Are you a daughter of rest? Even the leaders, are they, are they, are they executing their tax judiciously? Are they being a burden as they are supposed to, 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 to give rest or they are giving pain? Are you a son of pain or a son of rest? Because you are placed there as a leader to cause things to become, to lighten up the burden of the man of God, to lighten up the burden of your own man of God. But here is the case that the burden you are supposed to lighten up, you are adding more load to the burden. Hey! Say, hey. hey. Ask yourself, am I a son of rest? Or a daughter of rest? Be sincere to yourself. I was talking to someone within a week. That when you were telling, I didn't know on your way, on your way, or see Bishop, it will happen. But it will happen, you know. Oh, send me again, here. It will happen. Here. So, people who are supposed to be daughters and sons of rest are actually being sons and daughters of pain, which is not supposed to be who they are supposed to be. And you see, funny enough, they do not know that they are being sons and daughters of pain. But as, I've, as I'm teaching right now, from this week and this week, 
I believe that you will never be daughters and sons of being. Oh, come on. Or some of you want to still remain there. Come on. You don't have to be. Because Bible said, and this men are watchers over your soul. They will give account for your soul. So, in the deep day, most of you also think that maybe it's going to be a screen where God tells you your sins and everything. I've explained a little bit on my judgment day. One of the things I'd like to add up to you is that on that day, God will ask me, what is the account, what is the appraisal of Minister Vida? And I'll say, Minister Vida, God, for this particular one, don't, 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 okay. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. So if God is asking me to give account about me, Pastor Paul, what account am I going to give our Pastor Paul? Is he a son of rest or a son of pain? Did, did he serve well as he was supposed to serve? Are you here? So there are pastors here. You can't come and give me headache. Give them headache too. There are some issues you're supposed to send to the pastors. Example, maybe you dream. Maybe be able to catch a bishop. Talk to your pastors. They are well able. They are capable. They are honest. They don't take bribe. They are God-fearing. Come on. You talk to them. There are some issues you take to the pastors. There are some issues that you bring to me. But it's not everything. But you see, some of you know, in the middle of the coming, I hope you are here. No, that is where your prosperity is being lacking because you are supposed to believe in this man of God. And that is where the prosperity comes from. When you don't believe in them, you are lacking in a particular area of your life. You need to believe in them. There is a place where you need to separate between friendship, brother, sister, from man of God. Yeah. There was a time where I was telling, I was talking to um, these two guys and I was telling them, listen, like by now this thing, if you want to come and there, like if you, you, you go feel so on for your brother and life inside, that at that moment, if you don't say you're not your brother, you're a man of God, you, you're sown into. And it will work for you. I told them. I could have said, okay, if I say it, Sika will remember me, hope you more. But you see, I have to teach you the right way. And just cast them, and just bribe them. No, I'm not moved. I'm not motivated by money. No. Are you here with me? So I taught them. I believe it's working now. Even, even, even us, even me, we so see into their lives. The man of God's life. I believe, I think, I think the birthday of Pastor Divine, we showed a city to the whole church, showed a city to Pastor Divine's life. And even the, the, the life of um, Pastor Paul and Pastor Peter, when they're birthday, we showed a city to their life too. As a ministry, we believe in their ministry and it's working. Oh, are you with me at all? Yes, are you with me? Yes. So Moses had to divide himself and put it. Imagine that Moses had the ability to divide himself into 70 plus 1. Imagine. And he was still there. Doing the whole work himself. Probably because he was selfish, or probably because he hadn't seen the people capable enough to give up those roles. So imagine if Moses can do 70, and in this disposition, we are bigger, better than them. Imagine the number of people I can separate myself into. Be a son, be a daughter of rest. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. One of the things that is going to help you to be a son of rest, importantly in the kingdom of God, is finances. 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 Finance. Deuteronomy 8.18. Quickly, so I can close, please. Deuteronomy 8.18. Uh-huh. Remember the Lord your God. Please listen carefully. It's still a prophetic word for you. Uh-huh. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Uh-huh. In order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. 
Alright, I need a King James version. Can someone read a King James? He says that talks about the successful there means wealth. It's a lot that God that gives you power to make wealth. And this proves or confirms his covenant with him. Can you read it, please? Uh-huh. So it is God that gives you power to do what? To get what? So first of all, we have wealth there. And then as much as God is the one that gives you power to get wealth, what moves on then? He says what? That he will establish his covenant with you. So wealth is a proof of a covenant with God. A believer's wealth is a proof of the believer's covenant with God. Any believer whom you see to be wealthy is a proof that this particular believer has a covenant with his God. Hey, now if you see anyone who is also wealthy in the unbelieving world, it means and it is a proof of his covenant with his God, which is not our God, but any lesser God. So wealth, wealth in general, wealth in general is a proof of a covenant. Riches is a proof of a covenant. Now you ask, so poor people don't have, they cannot have a covenant with God. So if I say that wealth is a proof of a covenant with God, does it mean that the poor people cannot enter into covenant with God? Now the meaning of um, wealth is from the Hebrew word hayel. Whatever you want to pronounce it though, H-A-Y-I-L H-A-Y-I-L Hayel Which simply means that uh, Resource Riches Strength and power Resource Riches Strength and power So the riches where we have Minerals We have money Alright It's not only about money We have minerals We have riches Ornaments Precious metals So Hayel, wealth there simply means resources, strength, power, riches. And again, the Oxford Dictionary um, explained that the word wealth came out from the word well. W-E-A-L. The Oxford Dictionary said we got the word wealth from well. And the word well sim- simply also comes, um, which means that to, be, to have a well-being or healthy. Are you here? So, to be wealthy doesn't only mean that you are rich financially or with minerals. It also means that you have a well-being, you are healthy. So, probably for the poor man, his covenant with God is to be in good health. And that is his covenant. Some of us, our covenants are different. So, you can see a poor man, but he's never sick. It is his covenant with God. So, wealth, in a nutshell, is a covenant, it's a proof of a covenant with God and each and every one of you here must have a covenant with God and we will prove it when you are wealthy are you here? are you here with me? okay no if every one of us must have a covenant with God I won't want to talk about how to have covenant I think I've established some point about covenant for some time now but for me to know that you have a covenant you are a covenant child of God you must be wealthy. So you must also ask yourself if you are a covenant child of God or not. Ask yourself if you are wealthy enough that your wealth can prove a covenant with God. Now again, I want you to read the book of 3 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 8 with the emphasis on the verse 6. 3 John, it has only one chapter. Verse 1 to 8. 
Now, there is a scripture that we, it's the scripture that says that, and even as your soul prospers, many of you quote this particular scripture in the wrong manner without understanding it. And you think that you've been praying, benediction, may your soul prosper. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, please read it. This is why the scripture came about. Move on, please. Third John chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. This letter is from John, mm-hmm. the elder. Mm-hmm. I'm writing to Gaius. Gaius. My dear friend, whom I love in truth. Uh-huh. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you. Listen to what Paul is writing to Gaius. All right. Uh-huh. And that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Uh-huh. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned. So they are traveling teachers. They are missionaries. They go to places to go and teach the word of God. And he said he, he he's telling them what is happening before he talks about whatever he wants to say. It's like writing a letter. To someone whom you've talked to for a very long time, telling them what is happening in your life. Uh-huh. Move on, please. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned uh-huh. and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness. So they came to Gaius um, abode and they went back to Paul to go and tell him what Gaius has been doing. Okay. And that you are living according so this is to an the account. Truth. This is an account. Uh-huh. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through. You are being what? Faithful. Okay. To God. By, by, by doing what? When you care for the traveling teachers. So when you care for your man of God, when you care for your teachers, when you care for your pastors, you are being faithful to God. Even though they are strangers to you. Even though they might even be strangers, not blood related. So, for example, we are entering into a time of Christmas that you want your man of God to be hungry. You give your man of God, not only to your man of God pastor, but the other pastors also. Not because they are in need or because they are hungry, no. But because you, you respect the principle of being faithful. Are you here? Your man of God is celebrating his birthday and you don't even care at all to even give them any, any, any parcel, any seat. You come and come and sit down. You enjoy yourself when you go. You come and come and receive their blessing and then you, then you go. So every day, you, your hands is like this. Your hands will never be like this. Every day, every day, every day. Come on, let's change. Let's be sons of rest. Let's make our pastors, our men of God rest. When it's our pastor's birthday, when our pastors are celebrating their birthday, Make sure you at least get them something. Be faithful. Get them something. It shouldn't be anything probably big because maybe you don't have birthday, but get them something. Let them know you want to be faithful to God. You respect that principle. You believe in that ministry. Uh huh. Verse six. Mm-hmm. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Mm-hmm. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. All right, you wait. Please give the King James version of the Father's scripture, right? From the verse, from the, from the verse one, please. Yeah. Uh huh. So he said that you may prosper. What? You may do what? In what? In all things. 
So you hear your man of God, who is the watcher of your soul, say that you may prosper. The Lord said, believe in God and that you may be established. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. Believe in your God that you may be what established. And believe in what your his prophet that you may what? That you will prosper, that you will succeed. And then he's telling you here. That the Paul, Paul here is prophesying, he's praying over the life of Caius, that you will prosper. Why? Caius believes in the ministry of Paul. Move on. Mm-hmm. That you may, you may prosper and be in health just as what your soul prospered. So this is the scripture. I can't pray it over you until you have done the verse 6, where you have been charitable to the church. Please move on, please. You jump to the verse 6, please. You are born witness of your love before what the church. You come to church, you see a need in the church. You don't want to be a son of first. You don't want to be a daughter of first. You don't want to get a church anything. But you want the part of the pastor to pray for you that you will prosper. Hey, the man receive it. Even as your, your soul prosperous, a thousand by your side, ten thousand by your right hand side, then you're on your knees, professor, papa. But what about the expert of you being charitable to the church? What about you being a son and a daughter of rest? What about you? What about you? But the aspect of you are blessed, you want it. But the aspect of you also performing your responsibilities, you do not want to. Move on, please. Okay. All right. Now, I want us to get this. We are still talking about sons of rest. And I'm saying that if you are going to be a son of rest, one of the aspects you're supposed to be um, uh, engrossed in is making wealth. Okay? Are you here? And we came to understand that Gaius also, uh, Paul prayed a prayer of prosperity over the life of Gaius because Gaius was a giver to the church. He helped the men of God who were missionaries. They were traveling teachers. They traveled to go into the world of God, to go and evangelize, to go and win souls. Can I have travel teachers here? Oh, are you here with me? Come on. Are you here? Yes. Now, the ministry of God also can expand more through finances. Why am I saying finances? The book of um, Zechariah chapter 1, verse 17. Zechariah 1, 17. Zechariah 1, 17. Zechariah 1, 17. Uh-huh. Say this also. Uh-huh. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Please listen. Uh-huh. The towns of Israel will spread again abroad. overflow uh-huh. with prosperity. The towns of Israel will what spread abroad will be of overflow. With what? With what? So the overflow comes because of the prosperity. Yeah. So the gospel of God runs on the shoulders of finance, prosperity. Imagine if we have enough finance in the in the kingdom of God. We can even in the church we can have radio stations and radio stations means that we are not only talking to our mainstream members we are talking to people in the country outside Accra if we have TV stations we can go across the world and we are impacting the lives of thousands of people and for you to have a TV station you must have finance you are buying the TVs, you are buying the mixer, the equipment that is needed, the camera that is needed all the things that is needed, the lighting that is needed it's finance now the workers that will be working there, you need to pay them, it's finance are we not here? Are we not here? Yes, Imagine this microphone. You see, at first, our microphone was some way. It was good. It was good, right? But the sound is not as good as it is right now. 
We had some speakers, and the speak these speakers, you see that they will be like this every time. And sometimes you see it like that. We have, we have even chopped the, the speakers with even stones. We had to now carry these speakers and now go to a repairer, and he had to now go and change the whole set. And it was money we used. Are we here? Yes. The microphone, the microphone, this microphone you are seeing, it's 1K. What's the other one, please? Adi, Adi Keke. Adi Keke, wait, Keke, 1K. Thousand Ghana. Imagine. But you think it's something very little. The one we used to use at first, which wasn't giving us good sound, was 300. And now the sound it could provide at 300 series. <laughs> So you hear, and then if someone is missing, we will tell you like this. Take it closer. But if you don't put it closer to your mouth, the sound will not come well. So we need finance to expand the work of God, to do it very well. You might equally be thinking the sound here is cool, fine. Excuse me. You might be thinking that the sound is cool enough, but you see, we can even go better than this. And going better than this means finance, spreading, being able to do. We want to. We, we've also been called into the ministry of crusades. Very soon we'll be embarking on a lot of crusades. We'll be traveling a lot of crusades. But you know, we need we need finance to sponsor those things. We need finance. Yeah. We need finance. But if the sons of rest will not be financial mugus. How will we expand? We need finance to push the kingdom of God. And we've told you, partner with a ministry. Sign up to the partnership scheme. Even if you can give 10 cities a month, give it. If you can give 20 cities a month, give it. If you can give 50 cities a month, give it. If you can give 100, 150, 200 cities, give it. Give according to your own abilities. But you are not giving. How can we expand the work of God? Even if it's 10 cities a month, give it. That one too, it ain't issue. But we have to understand the gospel, the work of God, expands on the shores of prosperity. Are we here? Are we here? The work of God expands on the shoulders of prosperity. Imagine, look at holding the microphone. It is here, I can talk, you can hear me. At first, I'll put it closer. You'll be giving them sign. Closer, closer. Now I'm spraying the gold. And Emma Gusa was a really good. <laughs> Imagine. Are you with me? The book of Luke, chapter 8, the verse 1 to 3. Then I'll read my last scripture, then we get close. Luke, chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Please listen carefully here. Soon, af- soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby town uh-huh. and villages, uh-huh. preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of so God. Jesus was preaching, he was going around the town preaching the goodness of God. But listen to what happened, there are three specific women that were sponsoring the ministry of Jesus Christ. There were three women sponsoring the ministry of Jesus Christ. Imagine me right now, I'm here and I want to go somewhere. I have specific people who sponsor my trips. Imagine how the gospel will fly. Hmm? He took his 12 disciples with him, mm-hmm. along with some women so, who had been... So him, Jesus, plus 12 disciples, along with what other some, women? Uh-huh. Some women who have been cured of evil spirits and diseases. So these women got a miracle from God and suddenly decided to follow God. Among mm-hmm. these were Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Uh-huh. From whom he had cast out seven demons. So Mary Magdalene one. Joanna, Joanna, the two. wife of Susa. So Joanna is a wife. He, she is a rich wife to who? Susa. 
Herod's business manager, Susanna. <laughs> Susanna and many she, other. She, wait, wait, she's a rich wife. Why are my rich wives in the house? They are rich wives, so they are wives to someone, but they, they are following Jesus everywhere you go. They are empty. Jesus, go here, they go. They have husbands, but they are, you see, we didn't hear the names of their husbands, but I heard the name of their wives. Hey, husbands. <laughs> but, because we, we didn't hear that they, these three women were dating any of the 12 disciples. No. The 12 disciples were on their lane, and the three women too were on their lane, but they were all going on their assembly of the world. See, so when they go, these three men will be cooking for Jesus. Note that these disciples left all their work and they followed Jesus. So it was these three women who were working and feeding the ministry of Jesus. And see, they go bridge here. No more bar. Now, in bar, I can't remember the name. Now, Jesus said, Charlie Boy, send you fried rice. We made it into me. And it's not Jesus that will give them money. They themselves will provide it. Please read for them, please. And many others who were contributing from their own resources. They were doing what? Contributing from their own they resources. They were doing what? From their own resources. And they church money. Their own money. offering. Their own money. Their own money. Their own account. Rich wife, no. Oh, oh, no. But no, I mean, God sponsor Bishop. How my goodness. No, I even go to go. Tell me, Bishop, go to preach more. What do you think? What do you think? If I wait on Bible man go for if I wait on conjure man go for if I wait on that man go for health screen, you know, me make your doctor not to me so health screen, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, imagine. But I ain't for I ain't for him. You see, they will program for now. Mother, you know, but program be bad. I'm be blessing. No, blessing. But some man be on be on be massive. No man tight in pool. Amen. 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 But we are supposed to be sons and daughters of rest. As much as we are wives and husbands of or who are rich. Are you with me? Or are you with me here? We are not just carrying the name rich husband and rich wife just like that. We are supposed to be rest of rest too. Sons and daughters of rest. These three women were following Jesus everywhere he goes. And they were providing for the ministry of Jesus. Including his 12 disciples from their own account. Please read the scripture again from the start. Let me listen, please. Momentia. Okay, move on. Luke 8, verse 1. Uh-huh. Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby town and villages, mm-hmm. preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He began soon, soon what? Oh, I love this one. Come, come again. Sorry. Soon afterwards. Soon after this month, Jesus, Jesus began a tour. Soon after this month, I will begin a tour. Yeah. So Jesus began a talk. So Desmond began a talk. And as he began a talk, what happened? He started preaching and announcing the good news about uh-huh. the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> he took his 12 disciples. Desmond did not go alone. Desmond did not go alone. Jesus did not go alone. He took what? His 12 disciples oh, okay. So that's what is not going alone. He's taking what? His disciples along. Yeah. Oh, I love this scripture. And what happened? Along with some women who had been killed. Women were fat. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, you understand. Okay, okay. So he took his disciple and then he took a woman too. Okay, okay. Among them were Mary Magdalene. Oh. 
from whom he had cast out seven demons. Fro, 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 fro. Joanna, fro, fro. Joanna uh -huh. and Susanna. Okay. So he he explains that these women were with Jesus Christ, even as they went. And what did they do? I love that part. And many others who were contributed from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. So there were other many others too. Will you be the many others who follow me too? Oh, come on. Will you be? Yeah. And they were contributing. So maybe you have a corner member saying, but you won't contribute to you. <laughs> That's just by the way. But let, let, I want to talk about is how we need to support our man of God. Our man of God. Our man of God. My man of God. We need to learn how to be sons and those of rest. Are we here? Yeah. But how can we support? Some of you have the good heart to want to support the man of God. But in quotes, you don't really have. Why don't you really have? Why? You have to be industrious. You have to be industrious. Start saving from now. Your book will stay. Your book land. Your book partnership. You will start giving from now. Even if it is 10 cities, you'll make up your mind and be giving 10 cities every month. Imagine you're giving 10 cities every month times 12. How much is it? 120 cities. So by the time you realize in a year you've given to the church 120 cities. And it's money. Probably right now, if you want to dare your account and give 120 cities dollars probably to God, it might be quite difficult in a way to sum. But if you sit down in a year, you've been able to achieve it. And God will bless you according to your heart. Are you here? Now the last scripture, the book of Luke chapter 5, 1 to 3. Now many of you, I'll say this one next thing, because there are people who believe Jesus Christ will not do check, money, 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 money. We saw here that Jesus Christ had people who were sponsoring his ministry. And at the point, the Bible talks about the fact, the book of Matthew, that John the Baptist, uh, sorry, Judas Iscariot was the finance minister of Jesus Christ. He was the treasurer for Jesus. Judas and the Christ came. Mm? And that is why Judas said that when the ambassador, when the woman brought the perfume, he said, No, don't burst it for this money. We can sell this perfume and we'll get the money and use it for that. But the Bible said he was lying. He wanted to steal the money. That's why he was saying that. So we had someone who was handling the money of Jesus Christ, who was a thief. And when anyone is coming to give to Jesus Christ, he felt that, okay, if someone is coming to give, let's say, Wibema, Bishop Phone. What's the phone? He got the the first candy bread. He will appreciate the, the, the money that the phone. No, I must have better. Or the bar near the bar, ten thousand dollars or with my five thousand dollars. If you must be bishop, wait the bar, wait, wait, wait the five thousand dollars. Brer, oh, bishop, so far for no me, that's it. Bishop will not ask the person, How much did you bring? The person to whom say that, Oh, I brought you this amount, but we're not just asking five thousand dollars. If you but that's not it. He had a ministry of money, he had a finance ministry. But I believe our finance ministry is not like that. They will even add up. If if we have if you have offering of three thousand four hundred and sixty, they'll say now nah, we can't give this amount. Let's give let me make it four thousand. Yeah. They'll run it up. You can't for them, can't for them, you can't them. Yeah. yeah, you see, the finance ministry must begin to think like that. Well, but when there's an offering and it's not rounded up, they'll decide to run it up. If it's three hundred and ninety, they'll run it up four hundred. They'll, they'll find a way to run it up. And by the time you see, God will begin to run them up. Yeah. All right, so please move on, please. Luke 5, 1 to 3. Luke 5, 1 to 3. Mm -hmm. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Mm -hmm. Watch this. 
great crowd pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So Jesus was preaching. He didn't plan to talk to plenty of people per se, but he was preaching. And suddenly a great crowd came. Uh-huh. And what did he do? He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. He then noticed two empty boats. He saw boats. Jesus was a guy who put in over here. Mm-hmm. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Mm-hmm. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and thought the crowd from there. And Jesus, Jesus, catch him and say, Unto me, thank God for land. So Jesus cannot bring the people on the land and teach them the word of God. He has to teach them on the boat. Jesus is guy, who? No, like on the real, he's guy, like he's guy. Jesus saw people, he was preaching, and then said, The people began beginning to be plenty. Then Jesus said, He saw a boat, he saw two boats, he spoke to the owner, and the owner gave him the boat, and he stood in the boat, and he was preaching to the people. Oh, I do know, like on the real. So Jesus said he can, he couldn't have left the water, the sea, and come to the land and come and preach to the people. The people cannot bring stone, and he, they will lay the, the bricks, which will be bigger as a pulpit, and he stand on the stone and preach. He needs. Hey, Master, if you start seeing me preaching somewhere, don't talk. One day when you see our pulpit, and our pulpit is only light, don't talk. Jesus is now cruise boat moon of preach here. This much in a light, so let me preach. And yeah, Bonnie. Oh, I thought you clap your hands for God. What I want you to note here is that Jesus is not preaching his own boat. He preached in the boat of Simon. He preached in someone's boat. Can I take your boat and preach? Can your father take your boat and preach or you'll be scared? Can your father take the boat and go and do his own rounds? At the point, we even, next week we look at even, uh, is it Barabbas? Which also means sons of son of rest. Whereby he, 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 people sold their lands for kingdom advancement. Can you sell your land for the church? Can you buy a land and say, Papa, we've bought the land for the church, let's move. Papa, I'm selling my phone and giving the money to the church. I'm selling my car, giving the money to the church for our land. I'm selling this, I'm giving the money to the church for, for this. People sold their assets for kingdom advancement. They were sons of rest and God did not leave them. Can you sell it? Can you sell your shoes? Some of you are wearing shoes worth 300 Ghana cities. But you cannot stand here and say we don't have money. There are places you can sell those things where you can bring the money to church. You, come on. But we, we, we don't think like that. We don't think like that. The people whose watches are worth a lot of amount of money. They could sell it. I remember one time I, 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 was, I was supposed to travel and I needed a lot of finance and it was quite difficult. And one of my sisters spoke to one of our uh, the church members. I didn't want anyone to know about it. I didn't want any help from any church member for, for personal reasons. And she spoke to her and the lady said, Bishop, I've heard about this. I know you don't want me to know, but I've heard about this. I want to sell my promise ring and tell my husband it is missing. And the promise ring is white gold, which was worth not less than three thousand, not less than two to three thousand Ghana cities. At least would have probably bought my ticket. So I bought my plane ticket. Amen. Amen. But I said no. I said no. No, no, no. I didn't take it. But for the person to have that kind of heart to sell something that was is precious to her. 
and even precious to the, the family, and still say, Bishop, I'm in tongue. I'm in first Come on. Such a person. I don't think. I will never cease to make mention of such people. I remember again, um, one time I was talking to Minister Abigail. She was selling something and I wanted to buy. I said, Bishop, oh, I don't want to even bring you this. So I was like, ah, nah, I want to buy. I want to support your business. That's why I'm buying. So now, the old I didn't really understand. So I was like, ah. I sent the last and the last tell you this is what this girl is saying. I don't really understand the LS, you can't explain it. It simply means that uh, it is your child that you will eat. In other words, if you have a baby, or if you have a child and you look after the child, when the child becomes something, the child is growing and getting things, it is the child that will now look after the parents, right? So that's what Mr. Abika was telling me. And you do now. Yeah, it's your child that you will eat. I was like, this girl has said something. It, it really dawned on me. Like, I was like, yeah. wow. Wow, you do now. Yeah. Imagine if your parents don't look after you. You also look like them at all. You'll be angry with them. Yeah. You won't want to even talk to them anymore. So imagine me. I'm looking after you like this, making you rich like this. Come on. Won't you look after me? Yes. Yeah. You not because I don't have oh, my goodness I have. <laughs> but you, you must understand the principle of being a son and a daughter of Christ. Can we be understanding? In all these things, you must begin to think of being a son and a daughter of Christ. Everything that's about